0: You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and Bruff. Did we just lose the fing Canucks? No, 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 no. You're listening to Halford and Bruff.
1: The kick is away.
2: And the kick is good! The
0: Seahawks win the game! They win it at home against the Rams. And Goff is looking to throw it. He throws it. It's caught for the first down by DJ Shark. And you can hear them from all the way in Seattle. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I got to say, man. Don't let these tears fool you.
2: It's all dog around this mug. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live. From the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver, Jason. Good morning. Good morning, Ada, Good morning to you. Good morning, and Laddie. Good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Uh, Halford and Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, we are also, as mentioned, coming to you live. From the Kintech Studios, Jason, tell them more about Kintech.
0: Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net.
2: Uh, fun sports weekend that we just experienced, as long as you didn't focus too much on the local hockey squadron. The NFL season, it's wrapped up. It went down right to the final strokes. The last playoff spot decided in the last game, in the last quarter, of the regular season last night on Sunday Night Football. So we got a ton of NFL talk today. Uh, that will get underway at 7 o'clock with Mike Tannier, our first guest on The Ledger. Mike's our NFL insider from Football Outsiders. He's also a presentation of the Clayton Public House. He's our Monday morning quarterback. Uh, we can talk to Mike about the Seahawks improbably going to the playoffs. I bet there are probably maybe a smidgen, a handful of people, that went to bed real early last night because they had to get up, unaware that when they woke up this morning, the Seahawks had made the playoffs.
0: When, when were they going to bed? At 8 o'clock or 8 something? O'clock. That? 8, 8, 8 o'clock.
2: o'clock? S- strict 8 o'clock bedtime. Can't watch what, the like, end of are this Lions Packers game. We got
0: to go of, to bed. Are we talking about five year olds or something? Or 95 year olds? People that work okay. on a morning show, maybe? Yeah, or okay. people that work on yeah, the morning early show hours. in the morning. But when, yes. when did you, is, are we talking about Andy or something? Did you not realize that? What time that? did you go to
2: bed last night, Andy? I tried to go to bed at around 9 p.m. Okay, Ooh. late right. night for you. Yeah. But anyway, the Seahawks are on their way to the playoffs, improbably, I might add. Mike, 10 uh, year old, join us at 7 o'clock to talk about that. We got the entire wild card round set, the playoff field is set. Did you know, Jason, that seven of the 14 playoff teams this year were not in the playoffs a year ago? How great for parity. How, how great for competitive balance.
0: I mean, we can get into this later, but how many of the teams in the playoffs do you actually trust 100% to go out next weekend? Like, Casey and Philly have got the buy, Right. But so, how many of them do you yeah. trust to go out next weekend and, like, take care of business? For me, that there are so many... Like it's a wild card weekend, and there are a ton of wild cards like at, at play right now. Like even San Francisco, yeah, who they're going to be a ten point favorite over the Seahawks, and I'm kind of like, that's a really good team. They got a rookie quarterback, third straight. That seems like a bit of a wild seventh card. Seventh round it? Yeah.
2: rookie quarterback, and they're probably well. They're the second biggest favorite on the board, I think. I think the Bills are the biggest favorite. The, I, you know what? Of the teams that are to answer your question, I'd say two. And then two with a question mark. And you're like maybe two. Like do, you, do, you two. Tr-
0: do you trust Minnesota? No. Minnesota's no, no, no. only a three point favorite over the New York Giants. I kind
2: of like the Giants there.
0: Just throwing that out there. Anyway, do, we'll do ta- you trust Dallas?
2: I don't. I don't. Honestly, you I trust said, any of these. I teams. said two with a question mark. Maybe. Maybe. And it's the two biggest favorites on the board. We'll talk to Mike Tannier at 7 o'clock about all this. We'll look back on Week 18 in the NFL, and then we'll look ahead to the wild card round, which at least there's a lot of football next weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. 7.30, IMAX going to join us. Uh, IMAX, of course, Canucks reporter here on Sportsnet. And the Canucks, of course, another, another leaky performance. Seven goals surrendered. Seven goals surrendered in a 7-4 loss to Winnipeg on Sunday in Winnipeg. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Do you blame the goalies because they weren't good? Do you blame the defense because it isn't good, period? Is it the coaching? Very well
0: might be. Who's I, to say? I actually blame the Winnipeg Jets, right? Like, why do you score seven goals? Why you didn't it? have to. You could have scored two. A bunch of meanies. Yeah, why does, totally. Why, why does Kyle Connor this. need to
2: score so many
3: I'm goals? Gonna right? just, I'm going to blame Gary Bettman. I, I don't yeah. know why. I just, I'm going to throw his name in there. I, I don't on. think
0: it's the Canucks' fault, though. I don't think it's their fault. I think it's Winnipeg's fault or, as Laddie said, Gary Bettman's. Yeah, I'd like to blame other people as well.
1: I'm starting to lean into this Gary Bettman theory. I think (laughs) we should explore this
2: further. So IMAC at 7.30 to talk about that. We'll look ahead to Tuesday's game in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, 8 o'clock, Tyler Eremchuk from Oilers Nation, also from Daily Faceoff. Uh, If we're going to start doing the Schadenfreude thing, and it's early. It's January 9th, and we're already doing this. Uh, Edmonton, tough times for Edmonton. They finally snapped that home losing streak, and then Colorado came in on Saturday and started a new one for the Oilers. The Oilers are in L.A. tonight, by the way. Uh, so lots to get into with the Oilers. There, So I read two different Oilers pieces uh, after that Colorado loss, and one was that there were several red flags and alarm bells for Ken Holland. And mm-hmm. Then there was another one that basically just said you have to go and get Jacob Chickren out of Arizona. So that's I, fun.
0: I, I think this is an interesting question, and, I, and just to throw it out there. Um, if Colorado pulls it together and gets back into a playoff spot and makes the playoffs to defend the Stanley Cup, Mm. which team falls out? And what are the repercussions from that? Because it could be Calgary or Edmonton. I mean, it'll be less interesting if it's, I suppose, L.A. or Seattle. Seattle, yeah. Uh, But Dallas doesn't look like they're going to. Take a step back, or Winnipeg, or Minnesota. Minnesota looks pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's it going to be?
2: I well, right Or could, now, it, yeah. could it
0: be maybe that Colorado misses the playoffs? It's a good question,
2: because you're talking in two of those teams, the two teams that played on Saturday in Edmonton, the Western Conference finalists from a year ago. Or I mean, Imagine them missing the playoffs the year after. It would yeah. be pretty remarkable. But I right now, if you had to look at it, I'd say it'd be one of those two Alberta teams. Uh, we can ask Tyler. You check that at eight o'clock. That question specifically. He'll be joining us at eight. IMac at, at seven thirty. Mike Tannier uh, at seven. As we work in reverse on the guest list. The NCAA title game is tonight. It's the Horned Frogs from TCU against Georgia. Are you um,
0: thirteen point? Spread, I know in the national for, championship for game. Georgia. Yeah, I mean I, we've we've seen Super Bowls with with massive spreads before. Yep, no, for sure. I, and, so, and sometimes there's a pretty big upset.
2: How intrigued are you by this game? Because we not ha- really. look, admittedly, I'm not, I'm not at all. The Halford so. and Brough show has not done a lot in the lead up to this one. No. I'm, I'll watch it. Oh, I'll watch it. But I'm not super intrigued. It's still kind. Of, put it this way. Level, I'll
0: only be intrigued if TCU pulls a massive upset, and and you're kind of like. Texas Christian, the, the, the national, the national champions. Like that seems weird. That sort of surmises
2: where I'm at with college football right now. It's like TCU has been good for a while and it's a power program and they're in the national championship. And I'm kind of like, wow, TCU. How cool. It's like they went on a Cinderella run through March Madness. So <laughs> TCU, Georgia is tonight. There's four NHL games. Three Canadian teams are in action. Nashville's got Ottawa. Uh, Seattle is again uh, they're on fire right now, the crack. When we talk about them falling out of the playoff picture, that might not happen. Seattle, Montreal, and then Edmonton and L.A. Six NBA games as well, so it's a good sports night. It's a good sports day. It was a good sports weekend. Uh, let's tell everybody what happened.
0: Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I our- was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that?
2: Canucks lose, Canucks lose yet again, four of their last five, this time a 7-4 defeat in Winnipeg to the Jets, Kyle Connor with a hat trick, Nikolai Ehlers had a bunch of points, Pierre-Luc Dubois had four assists, count them, one, two, three, four, almost all the highlights came from the Winnipeg Jets, despite the fact that Canucks scored four goals, goaltending, bad, Canucks permissive
0: Canucks lose yet again 7-4 in Winnipeg. You kind of mentioned this already, but I'm I'm not sure if you want to hang that loss on the goalies or the skaters or even the head coach or I don't know, the general manager or whoever. Gary Batman. Defensively, the Canucks are they're, they're 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 a disaster and I was actually doing a little research last night just to see how bad they've been. Um only Anaheim has a higher goals against average than The Canucks. The Canucks' goals against average is 3.9. I know there's more scoring in the NHL now. Not that much. Not that much. We're kind of returning in some ways to the 80s and the early 90s. Speaking of the early 90s, the last time the Canucks finished with a higher goals against average than 3.9, the one they've got right now, was 90 91 the season before Pavel Bure arrived. Like, that's how long it's been since the Canucks have, on average, surrendered so many goals. IMAC had this in his piece last night. Sunday was the 17th time out of 39 games that the Canucks have allowed five or more goals. Guys, 17 times out of – that's almost half the games. Yep. That they've allowed it's stunning, really five or more goals. And l- listen, Colin Delia and Spencer Martin were, were not good yesterday. Um, it's almost like they were the second and third string goalies. Mm. Um, but it's not just on the goaltending; it isn't. The analytics, if you if you go to Natural Stat Trick and you look at scoring chances again and against and, and expected goals against. The Canucks are among the most permissive teams in the league. Um, we all know their issues with in-zone coverage and puck management. Uh, the pairing of OEL and Myers against the Winnipeg Jets was was an absolute disaster. And those two who last season, to be fair to them, were fairly solid. They weren't amazing in any way. They weren't uh, up to the standard of their cap hits, nope. which is what a combined what almost 13 million over 13 million dollars. This is one of the highest paid pairings in the NHL, and I cannot think of a more overpaid pairing than Tyler Myers and Oliver Eckhart. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Um, well, is there is there? I I don't know. I don't keep track of all the pairings in the
2: NHL, but the cap hit is thirteen point two. So you were spot on there. I don't know if there would be, there. Look, put it this way. I don't even need to look it up. I don't need to go to cap friendly. There's not a more overpaid and underwhelming duo in it, the NHL than those two. It is it p-
0: bad, bad. And the issues right now with uh, with Ekman Larson, their mobility, and they have been for a while. Um He's either making bad pinches because he's like, I'm not going to be able to get back on this, so I might as well pinch. Um, or, you know, when he's, his gap management is, is just terrible because, because I think he's lacking mobility. Like I, His body is not the same body it was when he was a younger player in the NHL. And Tyler Myers is just kind of like, I don't know, he's, he's kind of a hot mess. 30, Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a mess out there. They're
2: 31 and 32 years old, respectively, but they're old by those by NHL standards, even if they were um, capable, competent, mobile defense. They'd still be on the old curve of that group. Mm-hmm. This, But these are two guys that the mobility was gone a couple of years ago. I mean, they were saying that— OEL
0: especially. I think with Myers, it's more his decision-making and his positioning— Is 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 in zone coverage. Like sometimes he just makes decisions that leaves you shaking your head. But I think with OEL, it's a mobility issue. Like he is not he can't he can't get to certain places. And that's a bit of a problem when you're out there playing as many, as many minutes as he is.
2: So what we're seeing right now, I know we throw around the term proof of concept a lot, but this is absolutely proof of concept for naysayers at the beginning of the year that you're like, you can't go through. Uh, a full 82-game regular season in the NHL with this bad a defense. I know that the goaltending has been poor, and I know that maybe the forwards don't have all the two-way ability to make up for it, but look, boil this down, brass tacks, this is maybe the worst blue line in the NHL.
0: It's one of them. Maybe. Do you know how bad it has to be for people to be like, Ethan Bear's probably their second-best defenseman. Yeah. Like, this is a guy who couldn't get into the lineup in Carolina. Right, and yeah, and, and, and like and listen, Carolina's retaining. Do, do do I like Ethan Bear as a player? Yeah, he's fine. He's a $2 million player on a good team. He's on the third pair in Vancouver. You're kind of like, wow, he's their second best defenseman.
2: That's a bad,
0: it's a bad state right now.
2: So now
0: that you're seeing it play out
2: over the course of 40 games, what's happening right now is that it's reached the alarming slash not alarming point. And by that, I mean, it's alarming because of all the stats you throw. They have the worst goals against as a team in 32 years, 31 years. They, are, they have allowed five or more goals 17 times. So consider this. I went on Winnipeg Radio a couple of weeks ago and made the joke that if the Canucks are going to win a hockey game, they have to score five goals. That's not even right because they've they have given up six. They have yeah. to score six because in 17 games, they've given up five. Yes, Laddie? Mean,
3: well, I think I read that it was the lowest team save percentage since the year before Beret right?
2: arrived, just That's, to give you no, an they're, idea. They're,
0: they're, 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 it's their highest goals against. Highest no, goals against average. Against, yeah, 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 Okay. yeah. So basically. It, it. You read that from my Twitter account. Was it you that tweeted that? Yeah, okay. and I just just said it. He had on, the goals against on one the radio, radio,
2: save percentage gotcha. one. However, point <laughs> being, this team, even with like awful goaltending, still makes like it. May, it would make no difference because when Demko was in, very similar save percentage, sub 900, which yeah. would lend credence to the notion that, and Laddie, you've talked about this too, is that the play in front of them is so permissive that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you've got unless he's playing out of his skin, which I think when you go back to last year. and you he probably a did ball. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Now, I, I want to bring this up because we've now gone 40 games, proof of concept that the blue line might be one of the worst in the NHL. You guys can put everything else aside about <laughs> trying to resign Kuzmenko or trying to bring someone else aboard or adding something. The, if they do not completely alter this blue line, and do a major reconstruction, which is very difficult to do. How are they going to do that? Mike? very difficult How are they going to, to do. do that. You're going to have to buy out, trade. You're, but you're going to have to take a sledgehammer to the defense. Meaning, you might have to. I don't. I mean, I've seen the numbers on an OEL. Myers won't Myers,
0: won't Myers won't be back next season, right? So
2: you see, so, so, so be traded one way. Right now, are. you would almost have to say that it is imperative. Imperative that you do not have Myers and Ekman Larson on the books next year and it doesn't really oh, matter Oh Ekman Larson
0: will be there's there's you can't buy him out You they, might have to see if, it, okay here here's the thing You might have to it will come down to the question how important is next season well if if you don't want to have because the... each year that ticks off Oliver Ekman Larson's contract the better so if next season you go into that season and you're kind of like listen guys we um we're rebuilding We're gonna we're gonna be okay with taking a step back and not having the expectations that we went into this season, then you just keep Ekman Larson. I think it's way more important that they that they trade a guy like JT Miller before his no move clause kicks in, because that's a guy that you could theoretically see someone maybe having interest in.
2: You just can't all I'm saying is you can't like they brought (laughs) they brought back the same blue line from last year to this year. And then went into the season, and then a few games in, they're like, ooh, this isn't very good. Let's go get Ethan Bear. Let's go get Riley Stillman. None of it made a difference because the guys at the top end outside of Quinn Hughes just aren't capable of doing what you need to do in the NHL. Now, here's the thing. There's no debating it anymore. There's no arguing it. If Rutherford or Alvina or anyone comes forward and somehow puts lipstick on a pig and they're like, well, you know, there's a lot of different situations out there and there's a lot of different circumstances going on. Like, it's not good. The, the numbers are there. This isn't a goaltending issue. What's happening right now? Because it's been over the course of the first half of the regular season. You know
0: what's even more distressing? The Canucks have nothing defensively in the pipeline either. No. Like I don't think Jack Rathbone is going to be with the organization for much longer. Can you see him? Can you see him being part of the of the way forward? And he, even if he is, I think expectations for Jack Rathbone are frankly rightly. I think the ladder's been, been probably dropped. The, the right? You're thing, just kind of yeah. like, yeah, he had his opportunity this season. And he didn't play well. And he's back in the AHL, and he's probably not very happy with the organization, and I'm sure he's going to be looking for a, a fresh start this offseason. He
2: might be a fine NHL defenseman, I mean, but it's not going to be a difference maker. What are we going I would agree but, to agree there.
0: What are we going back to? Are we going back to, like, well, maybe Jet Wu? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> right? Like, no, no, that, no, no, no. Like, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. It's because they haven't drafted them. Right.
2: So, the, the reason I wanted to lay this out step by step is because, so, so now we've gone through uh, defense clearly horrible, not good enough. Can't compete on a regular basis at the NHL level. Trying to make changes to it, exceptionally difficult. Prospects, nil. And then comes the fourth part. Well, what do you do? Well, how do you fix it? And how do you do it in relatively short order? Even if it's not next season, it's a two-year project. The Canucks
0: are in exactly the same position that the Oilers were when they traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Right, when you get desperate for defensemen, it's a really tough to be place to be in the NHL. Yeah, and the worst teams in the NHL almost always, frankly, you look at the blue line and it's an issue. When Colorado was bad, their blue line was terrible. When Buffalo was bad, their blue line was terrible. It's just it's one of the hardest positions, position areas to fill out. Yep. Which is kind of weird because when you think about it, you only have to find what? Frankly, you have to probably find three good defensemen. And you can have an okay blue line yep. if you have three. Right? Like the Chicago Blackhawks, That's they won Stanley Cups with three good defensemen. And a fourth would kind of sometimes, fill in. Sometimes two. Sometimes two, right? Like they had Keith Seabrook and Jalmerson. And then they had a few other guys that would fill in once in a while, but those guys would take the lion's share of the minutes. But finding those guys is so tough. Look at the free agency list of defensemen right now. Go to Cap Friendly and find the UFA defenseman. Like, what, are you going to overpay John Klingberg? He's not going to help you defensively. And that, you're, you're
2: illustrating right? exactly what the problem is for this team. It's like even if you get Myers and somehow you get OAL off the books, great. Now what do you do? Right? Who's going to be bending over backwards to give you a really high-end defensive prospect? Who's going to be ready to give you an NHL-caliber one that doesn't have warts? And then in free agency, oftentimes there's reasons those guys are in free agency.
0: I I keep coming back to, I think, whether this was right or wrong, this is not an endorsement, but I keep coming back to, I think this management group is going to have a lot of, um, like they're going to put a lot into the next head coach. And they're going to bring in a head coach that they think can bring in some structure. And you look at a team like the Winnipeg Jets. They bring in a new coach, Rick Bonus, who's a, I think everyone knows is a defense-first coach. Even when he's been an assistant coach, he's been the guy that works with the defenseman. He brings in a structure. The team buys in. And they've had good results because they've got a really good goalie in Hellebuck. And I think the Canucks will look at the situation and go, hey. We might not have the best personnel on the blue line, but if we can buy into a structure, we can buy into a system. We bring in a new head coach, we've got the goalie, maybe that's the way. That maybe that's the easiest and the quickest way to potentially make us make ourselves a better defensive team because personnel-wise it's hard to fix that. Well, I think
2: that's what they're thinking, and I think Rutherford had again proof of concept of that. Uh, to a certain degree in Pittsburgh, because he often talks about what the change when Mike Sullivan came in. What does he always talk about? Structure, discipline, accountability, guys knowing where they're supposed to be on the ice. And he, I mean, he's been very complimentary of the job that Sullivan did when he came in and put the framework on how Pittsburgh was going to play. Now, of course, they had Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and put that aside. But I'm just talking about the case history of Rutherford. And then is history going to repeat itself? In Vancouver. I think they'll talk themselves into that. I really do. I think that they will talk themselves into with Demko and a new head coach with a better structure and maybe some tweaks. We can be quote unquote competitive. Cause I'll say this, we've said it a million times on the show. So here's a million and one. Rutherford piecemealed the defense together in Pittsburgh and won a Stanley Cup. Again, yes, it was with Crosby and Malkin and everything else, but he did it. And I think he and he did it in Carolina too, when Brett Hedekin was their best defenseman. I do believe, based on what I know about the guy and what his history has shown, that he thinks that he can get by with a passable defense. I think so too. I and, agree with and you. And I think what's going to happen here, I think is
0: wrong. I think it's. I don't I think, think it's wrong. I don't think, I think it's good. I think, a, think, yeah, yeah, I think he's going to try yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I think so too, because he's seventy plus years old, and he, he's his mo across the board has been how do I do it now. How do I get this done ASAP, right? It's The crazy part is that he's been so, I don't know, restricted in his moves with the defense so far. Like, you would have thought, given what he saw last year and all the comments in the offseason, that they would have been, let's get in a hurry to move some pieces out on this
0: blue line. But they haven't. Hey, here's another question for you. You know how the Canucks are obviously going to try and shed some um, salary this offseason or the trade deadline, whenever. Right now, who do you think has more market value Brock Besser or Connor Garland. Oh, good question. Um it's, it's it's a good question but with like a yikes answer because I'm not sure who it is right now. I think it would
2: just be Garland by way of the fact that it's like a million and a half less in cap and cap space is so valuable, purely that. I don't think there's enough between them offensively to justify the
0: gap. Besser is a shell of himself. Yeah. Like he, I, he, that's he really what, that's is. Like, like I, Garland I, might I, be too. I watch. Nah, <laughs> Garland is not I, playing well. I, I watch Besser out there, and I'm kind of like, "There's, there's nothing to your game right now." Besser's a guy that's going to have nothing to, serious, to your game Besser's right
2: now. a going to have to seriously reevaluate uh, how he plays and what he does at the NHL level because what he used to do isn't there, and a lot of it is predicated on movement. Yeah. He just doesn't move as well as he used to, and he's had, he'd been besieged by injury. But it's getting to the point His where— His
0: enthusiasm for the game must be at an all-time low right probably. now. Probably.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if a change of scenery perks him up Well, this a lot. See,
0: this is why I wonder if Brock Besser might have the most market value, because I still think there will be those NHL GMs out there that were like, hey, this guy not too long ago was a finalist for the Rookie of the Year. And 20, he was 20. considered twenty five. Yeah, he's only twenty five. I IMAC brought this up in his piece as well. There was a time once when there was a debate who was the better player, Kyle Connor or Brock Besser. Right? I like, remember. Like that's and, and, and right now there there's absolutely no debate about that right now. Kyle Connor's a legit superstar who, who scores right. at an, right an incredible rate. And Brock Besser is just he, he's in the wilderness right now. And I feel bad for the guy. But I also would like him to just be a little more engaged out there. He's just not part of the play. And I don't know if that's to do with his enthusiasm for the game or whether or not the game is just too fast for him right now and he can't keep up. I,
2: I You know, I'd be surprised if there were – again no. – Prove me wrong, children. Prove me wrong. This is the league where someone was willing to take on Travis Hammonick for a third round pick. But I'd be really surprised in the current financial climate if there's a GM out there that's really keen on taking a gamble on Brock Besser. It might be one of those things where it's like I'll take a gamble on him, but it's either going to be at a reduced cost. Like I mean, the Canucks don't want to retain on anyone. Oh but- can
0: you imagine if they would have to? Can you imagine if it would get to the point where they would have to retain to trade Brock Besser? I mean, not too long I after having to buy out Jake Vertanen? Yeah,
2: I can see, you. unfortunately, because of it's the financial quagmire that they're in right now oh because of the flat cap. Okay,
0: this has been way too much house and negativity, nah. even for us. So on the other side, we'll talk some NFL. The Seattle Seahawks, amazingly, are going to the playoffs. Now, it might, be, might not be a, a long run for those Seahawks as they prepare to go down to Santa Clara to play the San Francisco 49ers, but the fact that they made the playoffs. Big picture and small picture based on what happened yesterday where a lot needed to go right for the Seattle Seahawks and it all went right for them to get into the playoffs. So we'll talk about that and we'll just go over the matchups for Wildcard Card Weekend. We'll look at the point spreads. We'll look at some of the storylines. We will do that and we'll also... Dip into the Dunbar Lumber text line for any texts or comments that you have, and then Mike Tannier at seven o'clock will join us uh, for, I guess, better analysis.
2: Yes, more superior, like
0: superior, not not betters, but more superior NFL. Analysis. Yes. Yes. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and
2: Bruff. Tell us what you learned over the last 96 hours. In sports,
0: can I start? Yeah, I learned that uh, Connor Bedard had a nice little return to the dub. He's good at hockey. Uh, Yesterday, uh, he of course plays for the Regina Pats, Mm -hmm. and he scored four goals and added two assists. Is that all? In a six-two win, he's on a bit of a over the Calgary Hitmen. So he was in on all the goals. That the Regina Pats scored four goals, two assists, and a 6 2 win. Yeah, I think he he was in on all six. I think if he wasn't
3: in on all the goals, that would be more news. He
0: is up to 70 points in 29 games for the Pats this season.
2: Those are like minor hockey numbers, aren't they? Like, my Adam year, I scored 114 points in 12 games. I know we had the
3: generational argument already on the show last Mm -hmm. week, but like, he's he is is a talent I have never seen before. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching hockey my entire life. So. This is, He's pretty I,
1: good. <laughs> this isn't my "What We Learned," but I know since we're on the topic of WHL, did you guys see that Wild Blazers trade yesterday? There's where, some uh, insane uh, trades <laughs> in the, do- the, the in the, the, hold in, on, hold in on. the CHL. There was one
0: for uh, uh, Renee Zellweger's uh, <laughs> son yeah, as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was the, that was the Blazers trade. Honestly,
1: it looked like a grocery. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a grocery store receipt. I laughed. Well, a lot the about Giants the, made a huge trade as well. Yes.
2: Okay, laddie, you work in junior hockey. One, are there any rules? Because it seems like you can just trade. Uh, picks in perpetuity, if you like, like they're they're getting into like twenty
1: thirty. The silver tips here.
3: receive ten picks. Yeah, like that. Does, it's it. ten picks. More just so, you see that. that in the OHL. They do. They love the like 1st 20, round pick trades. I don't understand it, but they just they give them away like candy. I guess because these GMs realize they're not going to be there in 2020. I guess. So. It, yeah, it
2: just seems like you're really hem- <laughs> hemorrhaging your future when you trade 11 1st round. Draft oh yeah. Jim Benning is
1: trade. the WHL commissioner. <laughs> well, the shame, yeah, but they just go all in. The Shane right? Wright yeah, trade yeah. was huge. He it's got traded to London. It is.
2: Yeah, no, it's great that they can do it. I just wonder if there's any rules. Like, so right like right did get traded. It looks
3: like oh, I, last you, I saw it was. Okay, a,
2: so for example, yeah. the we'll stick with the one closest to home. Is the the Giants traded Ostopchuk right? Yeah, and they, that they that three, first round, three picks. first round picks in return. Yeah. So
3: 2024, 20, 2025, 20, and 2026 20, first round picks plus a player they can have as a 20-year-old next season. And another prospect. So well, if, how
0: much does that have to do with the fact that the Memorial Cups and Kamblers?
3: Well, they're going all out for it. Yeah. They, they've, they've absolutely hemorrhaged their future just right. to have a team that's mm-hmm. Memorial so Cup quality. It. The yeah. next logical
2: yeah. question is, is if you wanted to trade junior hockey style for Connor Bedard, If you wanted to get him out of Regina, would you have to forfeit your entire franchise? Like, can you go above and beyond? I
3: don't know. You
1: would trade the entire team for Bedard, and he would just be out there by himself.
3: Was the wasn't there a team where they were going to trade all of their draft picks for somebody? Yeah, can you do that? Can you just trade? That's what I'm wondering. Like, because I know a lot of
2: these owners, some of them are fairly like uh, accomplished businessmen. Like, would they have to dip into their own private reserve? Like, my chain of Dairy Queens I will give you for <laughs> Connor Bedard? Like, what, at what point do the rules... I will rules... give you six Subway franchises. Yeah, we throwing that.
0: in a Moxie's. <laughs> I don't think you can do that.
2: That would be amazing if that became the currency of the day. It's I like, fine, right I gotta, you can have my lumber mill. But, like, I, I do wonder, right? Because the, the prices are astronomical. Don't get me wrong. I'm on board with this. I would love for the NHL to go down this road, right? But... The NHL
1: should make it so you could trade literally anything. Yeah, a- Anything. It doesn't have to be in, wow. in, in in the game of hockey. If you own something, you can yeah. trade it as part of like, your Like, I think all the teams should be Do You paying... own a rocket ship?
0: You rocket ship? We need more coach trades. We need more coach trades for one.
2: Yeah, and you like, should be able to pay players in non-traditional means. You can throw in mascots. You should be able to buy them a house.
0: Give us a mookel on this
3: topic because <laughs> <I> we're <laughs> getting crazy. I should right also now. mention Zach Ostopchuk was the player that was shipped out of Vancouver, by the way. The, the world junior yeah. star. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned He's, that. Uh, did you say his name? Yeah. I didn't. I'm sorry. I, I heard the pick twice, conversation. Twice, twice, Are you did. actually <laughs> listening to the show? No, today or just... I, I don't actually listen to you. Okay. I found uh, this guys, no. sad, the
1: Canucks have been scored on the most in 31. Who tweeted years. that? Yeah, who sure. tweeted that?
0: Well, I did, and I also just said it.
3: Some guy <laughs> tweets that tweets a lot, though. I don't know. Um, a
0: lot of things. Anyone yeah. else have a what we learned?
3: I do, Yes, and he, well, we both do. Yeah.
0: Okay. One, do you, what do you have? A shared mine's
1: quick. I just learned because I honestly didn't know this. I've learned, and there's audio to go along with this. That JJ Watt plays hockey, yeah. and he's actually really, really good at it. Yep. Here's him explaining it to a teammate.
0: So if I put you in giant ass,
2: uh, what are those sh- shoes called they wear? Skates. This, this, this,
0: ice skates. This guy, this guy, I, I couldn't think of it. Guy, Anyways. Okay. <laughs> f- no, I'm not. You're I just, it lost my, I skipped my mind. If I put you if in giant j- j- ass I, ice k- skates, k-
1: if what I put you in those giant
0: ass ice skates, could you ride around, could you, could you skate around on ice? No. I'll show you would video in one. You look like a <laughs> moose on ice. <laughs> Feet and knees going everywhere. You want to go skating? How, where are we going to go skating We're here in Arizona? No, what if we fell through? We're not going on a, <laughs> go on a pond.
2: Uh, so that was from the in-season hard knocks that they have on the Arizona Cardinals, mm. which basically turned its focus to Watt because he—that was his last game. Like, he grew up in guitar.
0: Wisconsin, right? And played. He, he, he has played, an elite prospects yeah, He conference. played like <laughs> re- yeah. he, he does. played like rap hockey. What's totally what is Shania was, Twain, I think
2: too. is he? Can right? he play defense? Could the Canucks sign him? He that would be amazing. He is a three time <laughs> defensive player of the year, so
3: yeah. that would be great. Can you imagine running into no. a man of that size?
2: He's 6'5", on 290. Yeah, he would murder someone on my the life yeah. by accident. Yeah, but he played rap hockey till he was like 14 or something.
0: That's terrifying. To yeah. your life is see. over working the show, like you know, like you kind of packed it in when, well, yeah. you, when you accepted a spot I, on this. So, that was day one, <laughs> yeah, that was day one.
3: Uh, <laughs> give us a mukau on ah! that. Laddie, do you have one? I do. There was another great torts quote the other day. Did you guys hear his little uh, is this back? On and the all star game? No, this no. is just a reporter with a, a, a pretty benign question. I, <laughs> Go ahead. It's not that difficult to comprehend, but Torts had some real trouble with it. Here is the back and forth. John, how
1: do you think the power play adjusts to changing personnel? Uh, somebody that's typically on the unit isn't there. What? How do you think they adjust when somebody that's
0: typically on the unit is sad? I don't know how to answer your questions. I'm not trying to be rude, but qu- j- I just can't get to your questions. There's I like that. Yeah. I cannot get. I cannot wrap my head around. I love the what, what you just
2: what. Yeah. I so, think I know what you're saying, but what? I'm not going to spend the, a lot of time what, trying to figure it
3: out. The what reminded me of another clip that I saw. Uh, R.I.P. Barbara Walters. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just passed away recently. Oh, somebody I know posted what you're a, do here. Yeah. Somebody posted an interview with. I guess she did an interview with Donald Sterling's mistress. Yes, that's correct. And I she know was ex- exactly where explaining you're going. the names that she have she has with Donald. It just very reminded me of this clip of of Torts. His silly
2: rabbit. His what?
1: (laughs) What? And then here's Torts.
2: What? (laughs) You're missing the Torts,
1: your silly rabbit. My Why do you want to
3: play the whole clip? No,
2: no, Greg's early cut. You missed the best part of that whole thing. Because then Barbara Walters goes, did he really call you his silly rabbit? She goes, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Do I have to find that clip now? I don't remember her name. I think it was V. I think it wasn't a name. I think it was an initial. Anyway, Donald Sterling's girlfriend slash mistress did a sit down interview with Barbara Walters, where she tried to explain among other things that even though being, uh, blatantly racist, Donald Sterling was not blatantly racist. So he was a good guy. (laughs) So then she went, she's like, what's your relationship with Donald Sterling? (laughs) It is one of the greatest back and forth in interview history. Can you play the whole thing? Okay. Play it.
0: I'm Mr. Sterling. Everything. I'm his confidant, his best friend, his silly rabbit. His what? His silly rabbit. His silly rabbit?
1: Yes. Is that what he calls you? No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Give us a moo on that. Okay.
2: Let's do humanoids.
0: Uh, w- uh, Windsor in Coquitlam with a what we learned, silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids. The Canucks aren't playing tricks on anyone. Their win one, lose one trick will put them in the wishy-washy middle. Actually, it's um, win
2: one, lose
0: four yeah, lose quite their a last few. five. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to admit, and I'm going to apologize to Randeep, because I yelled at him um, from my car today. Why? Or, no, sorry, not today, yesterday. I was driving around, and... Uh, it was the pregame show before the Winnipeg game, and ran deep. <laughs> called this road trip a measuring stick road trip for the Canucks, and I actually yeah, I was in the car by myself, and I started going on a rant like I'm yelling. I'm like, "What? We've already measured this team. There's no more measuring stick." Road trips for this team, like they're, they're measured, they and have- the measure is two out of ten. Yep,
1: have- guy driving next to you, this guy is losing, yeah, just here. yelling at the radio. Like, <laughs> he must be I know you're gonna fill
0: airtime, Randeep, but we're all measured up on this Vancouver Canucks team. Who do you so, think I apologize to, to Randeep for that. Who do
2: you think he's talking to? His wife? His kids? No, it's the color analyst <laughs> from the Vancouver Canucks, and they're not talking. <laughs> Randeep's doing his show, he's just yelling at that show. By the way, I have a newfound appreciation. For everything that Batch and Randeep and Sat and Bick and Dan have to oh do, Oh, my God. because so I was listening to the game yesterday. I was running a bunch of errands, so I'm like, oh, I'll listen to the game on Sportsnet 650, and it worked, which was amazing. The stream totally worked; it had sound. <laughs> oh, it's awesome! Was great, good for yeah, us. yeah, it was good. Um, they were like, they would say things like, "We'll talk about the Studnika play in a minute," and I was like, <laughs> I would never talk about a Studnika play <laughs> in a moment in a vacuum. Like, I don't care. People right? need to know. But people when you're watching the game, like those things matter. You yeah, have They're to. pros.
0: They really are. But you have We to. would not be pros in that position of doing play by play, pregame, post game. We'd just be like, We're done with this with these I guys. Like, love, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I
1: would love to hear the two of you call a Canucks game on the radio. Just for one night.
0: Oh, that'd be hilarious. Just to it? see
1: what I, I I really hope that Cam is listening and makes this happen and gives those two a night off because I want to hear you guys with Zero prep going mm. into it. Call a Canucks game for an evening. That it would, would be hysterical. What, what would be funnier? Even better if they lost. But I mean, good if yeah. they won, too. I would
0: be awful at the actual play-by-play. Yeah, I think
1: I think Halford would do the play-by-play. Bruff would do commentary. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, neither of you would really do much of anything. But it would be no. hilarious to hear it. I right. really hope this
0: happens. Just a bunch of long sighs or like...
1: <laughs> yeah. Why is there 30 <laughs> seconds of dead I air? I could do play-by-play. Play. One of you could go <laughs> bench think side. I hear somebody sobbing in the background. I'm not sure. I can't do... I've tried... Oh God, I want this now. I I'd never try, thought about this before. I tried
2: to do play-by-play play once off a monitor. Is there audio of this? Uh, no, we had to delete the audio from existence. Um, I tried to do it yeah. once in radio school. I think too. we were
1: breaking
0: IOC
3: rules. Yeah.
2: Turns the,
1: out it's really hard.
2: Yeah. The, it's not easy. I couldn't. No, do. it's really difficult. I, tried and, I see
3: Bruff as a between the benches kind of guy. I see you right in the middle of the action. That's yeah. where you want to be, Brough's right?
2: Microphone? Yeah, we got a lot, of, a lot of swearing. One dude spit on me. <laughs>
0: He's it's hit the mute <laughs> button for himself. Yeah. Okay. Basketball fill with what we learned. The Mariners made the playoffs, the Seahawks made the playoffs, the Kraken are on the way to making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, UW has a bowl win now. Bring back the Sonics, and everything will be perfect in Seattle. Okay, yeah, we got you know what? That is that is softy. a really good point. We like Seattle, yeah,
2: yeah, we got to book, Softy Dave Softy Mahler from KJR Sports Radio. What is it now? It's Seattle Sports Radio, I think. Is- yes, anyway. Point being, uh, we are kind of in a not golden era, but the, mm-hmm. again, I'll reiterate it my level of um contentment with the Seahawks. I don't think I've ever... And I'm not talking about... There's a difference between happiness... You know what the word and is? ...and
0: contentment. You got hope. You
2: got... You but got, it's different. You just, got
0: hope. I do have hope. Do you, do you know that they're going to have Some candidates guys for... going to clear up. Defensive Rookie of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I think Kenneth Walker is probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Tariq Woolen might be in tough against the likes of Sauce Gardner to win Defensive Rookie of Aiden, the Year. Aiden Hutchinson, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so – but, I mean, the fact that they've got candidates, the fact that they've got all this draft capital, including the fifth overall pick, don't get me wrong, and I think we all need to just kind of take a step back and recognize how far the Seahawks still have to go in order to become a Super Bowl-caliber-type team. But there's no question that they are building something and there is the potential there. And I think that is what differentiates – Seahawks fans right now and Canucks fans, there is a dearth of hope Yeah, yeah, yeah. For in sure. this market when it comes to the Canucks because you recognize their cap issues, the fact that they're probably going to have to move on from Bo Horvat, the fact that they're soon going to have to pay Elias Pettersson, a massive contract, the fact that they're going to have to shed salary um, uh, over the offseason, that's going to be tough, the fact that they don't have many prospects coming, I don't know if I mentioned that already, but like hope is something that drives a fan base. And the issue with being in the mushy middle, which seems to be the phrase that we use with the Vancouver Canucks a lot, is that it's tough to find the hope. It's tough to find uh, to looking, yeah. on, uh, looking for the, the light at the end of the tunnel.
2: Uh, what we learned unsigned, so it must be from Gary. Hashtag WWO what we learned. The World Junior snuck up on this Canucks management group. And apparently Patrick Alveen was unable to talk at a prearranged ticket holder Q and a over the weekend. I kind of saw this making the rounds on social media. So I, I now again, this is the story that I understand it as season ticket holders were granted access to a practice followed by a question and answer period with the Canucks executive. Originally it was supposed to be Alveen, the general manager of the club. But then he was at the World Juniors in Moncton, and I believe attending to some other business not World Juniors related. And as a result, it ended up being Stan Smeal who came out to the ticket holders. And I think they were like, "Well, one, this isn't what we were sold like." It, right. And then two, like everyone loves Steamer, but they no one was really clear on what sort of um, decision he's not ma- going to be able to answer the big picture question because he's right? not a big picture painter well, he's not he's the president a, of hockey ops. Right, he's, yeah, he's not the so. general manager
0: that's not his job so you know i'll just and say- he's he's not gonna want to be he's not gonna want to speak for those guys i'll
2: just say this if um if you've subjected your season ticket holders to you know the on ice product for what we've seen this year you might want to try and get some of those other things a little bit more right like i i've said this a few times um it's been rough for anyone that's invested a lot of time, money, and effort to go to Rogers Arena um, for what what has it been, 25 games at home, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And so many of them have been no-shows, 5-1 losses. I can't – I've lost track of how many. Um, Just really uninspired efforts. And then I I looked a little bit further (laughs) – Outside of a handful of crazy overtime games, there's been a lot of games that they've won that haven't been close at home. Yeah. So you haven't really even had like a good finish down the stretch where it's like, ooh, this is exciting and entertaining. It's been lopsided. Well, one those blowouts were
0: fun though. There were there were some good nights. There are a few
3: good nights. In I Rogers know, but
2: I'm area. just saying there hasn't really been a lot of close games at home. Period
3: this year. Yes. Greg get, get, is get, waving at me. Hi. Hi. Well, hi. you guys like to go on. Hello, Rhett. So I like Hello, to get your attention uh, for this season ticket holder event. Uh, does it bother you guys at least a little bit as Canucks fans that this management group seems really adverse? to even going out in controlled environments and explaining their process and explaining their vision to the fans. They don't seem to Uh, want to do that very much.
2: Rutherford talks a lot, though. He hasn't talked in a while, though, has he? No, he's probably busy.
3: (laughs) When was the last time you heard them really break down the vision of the the team team? and have a deep conversation about the moves that they're making? I I I do not Look,
2: here's the thing. I don't... I don't put a ton of stock in. Like, I get what you're saying. And, and it this is should
3: important. be a slam dunk, easy event for them to go to. And is I've what seen
2: I'm it in other markets. Like Jeff Molson used to be very, very open and transparent with. He used to do like quitter, quitter Q&As, Twitter, Twitter Q and As, Twitter um, Q and As. And I know that the Rangers were lauded for their very clear plan in the form of a letter. Um, I, sometimes that stuff does like backfire on you, right? I'll know. Like, I still have Gillis's letter to ticket holders. Somewhere in the archives, because I go back and laugh at it, and I'm like, he's name-checking Hunter Shin Carrick. This is amazing. Yeah. Dane Fox. Dane Fox. Like, yeah. I'm like, come on. Like So when you, I, when you put it out there, you do run the risk of people just mm-hmm. dangling the receipts in your But just space. don't
0: promise it then. Yeah. Don't promise that so-and-so is going to be there right. and then pull a last-minute replacement. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's yeah, move yeah. on. For sure, for sure. Uh, Mike and Burnaby, ask us anything. A rare Monday, ask us anything. What would the Canucks be like if we undid every Benning trade what did all those picks turn into did we do worse than doing nothing a hundred percent that is another frustrating thing about the Canucks so many so many of their problems are self-inflicted whether it's the Oliver Ekman Larson trade self-inflicted and people said don't do this the JT Miller situation right now people said don't do this people said don't give Tyler Myers a lot of money.
2: What's regarded as the worst betting trade?
0: I think OEL right now. Yeah, I think... I think. Pardon I mean, the, 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 the really disappointing thing... Well, the really disappointing thing is Ekman Larson, but there's many there's many elements of that that are disappointing, but we all thought that Connor Garland was going to be an effective player. Now we're sitting here going, he's, he's it's like, what's he worth? Can you give Connor Garland away? He was the guy, essentially, that people were like, well, that's why they threw in the first-round draft pick. Right. Connor Garland's a really good player. Do you know what's crazy about the Benning era? And I was having this conversation with some friends. There were so many bad moves made by that, by that uh, management group that we don't even talk about Jared McCann. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I thought, I thought, like, we don't even I thought, talk about it. I
2: know it. the, 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 and the how Coyotes ba- trade was bad. And how,
0: and how badly they handled McCann, just period. Like, he never should have been in the NHL. Right off the bat, um, I realized he probably didn't have the best attitude, but maybe the Canucks were partly responsible for some of the entitlement that those young guys like McCann and Jake Furtanen felt because they were given spots in the NHL. And I still go back to Willie DeJardin's press conference and me actually asking a question at one of these press conferences when I used to go to the games. Mm. And I asked him, what is your big concern with with um jared mccann being in the nhl because you could tell willie didn't want it willie didn't want mccann on the team he didn't want jake on the team and he said my concern or my biggest fear is that the league gets hard for him and he has all this success early on and don't forget he was scoring quite a bit and that's why they kept him Mm -hmm. but the league gets hard for him he's a young guy and he's discouraged and that is 1,000% what happened. Yeah. They ended up trading him for Gabranson. And listen, I'm not saying that Jared McCann is some superstar right now, but he's on pace for scoring over 30 goals with the Seattle Kraken. had a good year last year. 27, 27 goals. 50 points. Last season. 74 games. Pretty one-dimensional it's- guy, though, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There was well, a- his numbers look similar to Horvath's right now. Mm-hmm. I, think they,
2: I, I, I do think there was an element that they soured on his personality. Oh, totally, and off ice stuff, right? But is it take the, the same... sting out I mean, was a, a little bit? a young
0: guy. That's that's where development
3: comes into play. Hey, I'm not saying, that. but hold on like, a sec. Two I'm... other organizations also churned through Jared McCann. So does that take the sting out a little bit? A little bit, sure. So can I sort the Canucks weren't the only organization bit. that struggled to deal with Jared McCann.
0: No, no, agree, agree. But I I think it is just interesting that we don't even really talk about that, and maybe that's why. Maybe because he went through those organizations, Florida and Pittsburgh. Yes, he went to Pittsburgh and then right. now. CEO. uh
2: Dina writes in that if we're going to do this with uh, betting trades, we should do it with Gillis picks and then send. Yeah, it would, the, Gillis's their talent identification was wild in those years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I but we've know. all we've all listen listen. <laughs> why do we have to pin? Why don't? Why do we have to pin these guys oh, against no, I, each other? Like we've all said. Even Mike, you know who said it? Mike Gillis has said it. Our drafting was not good enough.
2: I just like, but I just like going down memory lane. Like some of these. Do
0: you? I don't. I find it extremely painful. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.